Hi, this is Aaron Rios, lead pastor of Garden City Church in Beverly, Mass. I pray that you are enriched and encouraged as you press on towards the cause of Christ. Welcome to Press On to our special leadership edition. This is part two of two critical leadership development streams. Our guest today is Pastor David E. Stewart Jr. He is the pastor of New Life Church in Lemonster, Massachusetts. He's my pastor, my leader. He's one of my mentors. He has been an evangelist. He has been a missionary and he is an author as well. That's quite an impressive resume when you say it all in one, uh, one sentence. I want to welcome you back. Last week was incredibly insightful. You gave us um, some steps on how to develop, first of all, personally as a leader. Um, today, we're going to look at uh, developing others as a leader. And so, uh, welcome. Thank you. Uh, let me just begin by saying sincerely how proud I am of you and how thankful I am to see you grow and developing as a leader. You're in a season right now that there are going to be some tests, there are going to be some challenges. Uh, I think of my my son when he was very young, all my children, I would take them, we called it hiking. It was really just a little jawing up a hillside. Um, but in those days, it was a challenge for them to climb up the rocks, to climb up. I'm thinking of an area where we'd go beside a waterfall where it was kind of muddy and they'd have to climb hand, with, hand over foot, or, you know, so to speak, to try to get up that, that, that hill. Today, when we go hiking, my son goes bounding, literally running down things <laughs> yeah. where I'm afraid to even take a step, I'll fall. Uh, he's, he's grown. And so it gives us great joy to see our, our children growing in faith. And so to you, uh, I just want you to know how proud I am of you and how thankful I am that uh, you're growing uh, these development steps in you. Some of them are going to be tough. You're going up a slippery soap slope sometimes. But the Holy Spirit is with you like I used to be with my son to take his hand and help him up those areas or get behind him and push him up. Um, not only do you have people like myself who love you and can be a resource to you, but you have the Holy Spirit who's walking out that slippery slope with you, holding your hand. He's going to bump you where you need to and push you. And there are going to be times where you can say, you can do it, son. Just keep on trying. Keep trying. Quit whining. Just do it. <laughs> hey, well, amen. I appreciate that. And um, I'm of a conviction. Part of it I've learned from you just in my, my time with you is surrounding yourself with, with leaders, capable leaders and um, individuals that are a little further down the journey. And uh, I just had this conversation with my wife, with Sarah, just the other day, um, uh, dealing with with um, some challenging matters and I, I was just telling her we were just laying on the couch and I was telling her I just need to hear from God and she said well go in the room and pray and I said well I've been praying and uh, and uh, and one of the ways God answers is through leaders he, there's godly men and women that um, that have been in the journey and it's 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 interesting when you pray coincidences happen and so I've had people speaking in my life um, coincidentally right um, right on target with some of the matters that I've been praying about and so I think it's it's wise, and I've I've learned some of that from you. Um, so thank you for that. Um, so today we're going to talk about developing others, and this is crucial because um, last week, and if you didn't listen to last week's podcast, I want to encourage you to back up, and listen to that first, because everybody wants to jump past self development and move straight into developing others. Everybody wants to be an influencer, and you see that a lot right now. That's the big thing, especially among millennials and younger generations. Everyone wants to have an Instagram or Facebook social media presence that makes them an influencer. Um, but uh, we want to skip past the formation phase that's going to make us effective influencers. And in fact, I'm even concerned if I haven't been formed and well 
uh, well formed and molded, then what am I influencing people towards? And that's that's kind of a scary thought. So well, I, I said last week and I'll say again, we have to learn to lead ourselves before we can lead uh, others. Uh, people who want to be influencers without being influenced hmm. are, are uh, probably on a steep slope to failure. Um, and certainly, if I've not allowed others to speak in my life, if I've not allowed others' authority to, to uh, be present in my life, um, when I face some critical situations, um, I'm not going to respond in the way that I need to respond. If I can allow others to speak into my life, allow others uh, to to coach me, mentor me, and submit myself to their authority, then God will bless my leadership moving forward. Yeah, one of the trends that we are seeing, and I just sat on a, uh, a millennial forum just the other day. I wasn't on the forum because I'm 40, and so I just missed out. I just missed it. Yeah, I'm, I'm touching Generation X and, and Millennial Generation, and so I can I, I can see uh, both sides. But one of the things that was brought up is the uh, among the Millennial Generation, there's this um, the conviction for group leadership um, rather than one identifying one single leader and kind of following that traditional model. Um, it's more of like a group leadership and it also seems that a lot of people are not really wanting to move into higher positions of authority um, because it's, it's comfortable it's okay to have maybe that one sole authority figure dealing with the bigger issues um, and just I can just stay in my corner comfortably and once again be an influencer but without the responsibilities fully attached to leadership as you know the higher you go in influence the higher you go influence the greater your responsibilities are going to be and so a lot of times people don't want those responsibilities on their shoulder and the truth is until you've been influenced until you've submitted yourself to authority and you've allowed others to teach you whether it's other people books whatever it may be until you've been taught until you have been coached until you've been mentored uh, those responsibilities will be too much for you won't be able to bear them but as you learn uh, to lead yourself as you develop yourself through faith um, God does a miraculous work to help us all of a sudden you realize uh, there have been times where I praise the Lord I can't do this I don't know how to do this uh, Moses said Lord I can't speak he said what well what's that in your hand <laughs> it's there it's there you just gotta yield yourself yield wow. yourself to God wow and that's one of the things that um that I think this generation is is a little scared of is losing uh, relationships. So be, being able to uh, be in that pool of well, that nobody's really in charge. Um, we're, we're all kind of doing this together, and this is one way I can preserve relationships. When in reality, the higher um, you're elevated, um, there there at times, and maybe you can talk to me about this just a bit. Um, talk to me about how to maintain some of these relationships um, while without compromising. Uh, influence and without compromising God's called me to do certain things um, but the kind of the higher up I go I keep hearing this sometimes the higher up you, you move the higher up you're elevated uh, it could cost you relationships from time to time sure um, what does that look like um, sometimes it's just recognizing that they're not there are some people that are not that are not healthy before you got saved there were people that you allowed to speak into your life and be a part of your life that once you got saved if you'd have kept them in your life it would not have been healthy for you um, so here are a couple things here here are a few things I'd like to share about developing others 
all right, investing in others. You, you, you learn to lead yourself. Now, as a leader, I have to learn how to lead others. I have to develop others, invest in other people. So how do I do that? Number one, you need to have genuine relationships. Be genuine. Um, you know, there's this debate about jeans or suits, or and really, it's passe. That's it's way we're way past that anymore. But as you know, I I still enjoy wearing suits. Here, I've got on a pair of jeans, but I've still got a you know sports jacket on, a kind of suit jacket kind of thing. That's just part of who I am. And I remember having a conversation back a few years ago with a couple of young young men, uh, probably about 18, 20 years old. They were college age students. And I asked them, I said, do you, do you think I should start wearing jeans? And they looked at me and they kind of laughed. They said, if you want to, fine. They said, but all we care about is that you're genuine, that you're yourself, that you're real. And, and I've found that for the most part. There are a few people maybe put off by my suit or whatever when they first meet me because it, maybe they think I'm stiff, but they'll just spend a little bit of time with me. They realize I'm not stiff. I hope I'm not stiff at all. Uh, I'm, I'm very sincere about what I do, but um, I, I love people. I love life. I enjoy having life. Um, I have to be genuine. I have to be, number one, genuine in my the way I approach others. And then number two, be genuine in the way... Um, genuine in, in the way I treat you. Uh, uh, I got to treat you with respect. Look you in the eyes. Uh, some years ago, I, I met a man who rose very high in political leadership. And um, when I first met him, I shook his hand. I shook his wife's hand. Uh, and when I shook their hand, I made a decision immediately in that moment. I will never trust this man. Later on, proved to probably be a good judgment of the man. And the reason I thought to myself I will not trust him is because when I shook his hand, he didn't look me in the eye. Uh, when I preach, as you know, I try to look people in the eye. Uh, when I shake your hand, I need to look you in the eye. That's just a respect. It's just a matter of, of respect. And if I can't look you in the eye, there may be something I'm hiding. There may be something that uh, I'm not good about. So I have genuine relationships. When you when you meet people, uh, when you move with people, uh, take time to listen. My brother really um, kind of chopped me below the knees one day, but I deserved it because he said to me, he said, David, he said, you're like a lot of other preachers. He said, when we're talking to each other, he said, I can see you're not really listening to me. You're thinking of the next thing you're going to say. And since that conversation with my brother, I've tried. I've tried to improve. I've tried to develop myself in, in listening, just to genuinely listen to see what, um, to hear what those people are trying to say. Because if I can hear them, sometimes all they need is, is a listener. They don't need me telling them my opinion. They don't need me giving them advice. If they could just talk it, they'll, they'll figure it out. Uh, we need to listen, be genuine in the way we treat others. Secondly, and I think this kind of comes to your the original question you had, we have to prioritize relationships. Uh, there are people that I probably don't need a relationship with all. I, I probably shouldn't have any type of relationship with them. Uh, they may literally hurt me physically. Um, it, it wouldn't be healthy. And so I have to just understand that if I see them, I can still be courteous. I can still shake their hand, look them in the eye. Um, I can still pray God will bless them. I don't ever want any bitterness or unforgiveness in my heart. I don't want to hate people. But I, I can recognize there are some people I, I really don't need any real relationship with. 
there are other people uh, that that I will have a relationship with, but it's fairly surface level. We only meet each other once in a great while. When we do, we can be kind, we smile, we can uh, uh, treat each other with respect. There's then those levels that start to grow and increase in in friendship and maybe you'd even say intimacy. Um, until finally I recognize that there are really two or three relationships that are ultimately important for me. Number one, my relationship with God. Number two, my relationship with my wife. Number three, my relationship with my family, with my children. If I don't have those relationships in order, then all the other relationships below really, I, I, I could be best friends with the president, but if I don't have a good relationship with my wife, then what is the value of my, my relationship with the president? Uh, so speaking to that for just a minute, obviously we're, we're living in a time with a lot of broken relationships in the home. Um, how, how would how would someone who has a, a fractured uh, home life or fraction relate fractured relationship with siblings? You know, you see this often um, people with broken relationships uh, trying to speak into into other 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 areas of, of people's lives. You know, how, how do you navigate that? What's some advice you would give uh, for someone that, hey, you know, I sincerely I've committed my life to the Lord and I'm I'm, I'm sincerely serving the Lord. Um, and even though um, I have some broken relationships in my home uh, or in my personal life, uh, how am I still able to stand up in front of a congregation or stand up in front of uh, other people and and speak into their lives? This is this is kind of a challenging question, so <laughs> I won't hold you too sure, too heavily no, to no, it. No, but. that's a great that's a great question. I, I think, of course, you need to analyze and ask the Holy Spirit to give you discernment. Is this a, a healthy relationship that I need to have in my life? If not, then let me forgive them and move on. Um, that being said, there's a there's a basic scriptural principle that says honor your father and your mother that your days on earth may be long and that you might be blessed. I honestly believe until a man can learn to respect his father, to honor his mother, he will never be able to progress in leadership, spiritual leadership that God requires of him. Uh, you and I have to learn to respect God-given authority. And the first God-given authority in my life was my dad. Even for those whose dads were perhaps cruel, even those whose dads perhaps uh, were ungodly, God calls us to honor them, to respect them. And if we can do that with the help of God, if the Holy Spirit can give us grace to do that, um, I believe that God can then bless us. Um, with relationship with with our siblings, with others that, that we would hope to be close, sometimes I can only take the steps of trying to reconcile with them, um, ask you know their forgiveness. I think they're again some biblical principles. If if uh, if they think that I've hurt them, for that matter, if I know that I've hurt them, go to them and ask them to forgive me. And notice I said whether I've hurt them or not, really, uh, even if they think I've hurt them. They might have some reason, so just go and say, please forgive me for the way I've hurt you. You don't have to grovel in the dirt. Just try to establish relationships. 
uh, on that basis. If they don't accept it, then it's on them. It's not on you. And you can move forward on that. You've you've acted in biblical ways. And this is a long conversation about forgiveness that maybe we can have another time. Uh, but I think it begins with forgiveness and love. That's good. That's good. No, and I think just scratching at the surface of that it will, sure. will help others that want to move to a place of influence um, and, and service, really. It's really about service to others. Um, and it's good to know that we can still serve other people, even with some of uh, some of our uh, not just carrying brokenness, um, because we, you know, there, there's healing that we find. We find healing in Christ. But knowing that even if some challenges are in our life, knowing that if we are moving through forgiveness and biblical principles, um, we may not have it 100% together. Um, we may not have the ideal um, family situation. But at least I know from, from my position to honor the Lord, extending forgiveness and grace to my family. I like to, I like to always think that it's, a, it's an open door. Often sure. forgiveness uh, lends to restoration. Um, and there are some some circumstances where, you know, you might not need to get restored. And some there's some of those some situations where those relationships, it's better off to just say, I forgive you, but we're going <laughs> to we're going to move on. Right. Um, but I believe that forgiveness often lends towards restoration. And I think that forgiveness is a spirit as well. Uh, living with the spirit of forgiveness. I may not be able to go back and. I wouldn't want my kids to live in X person's house because they were abusive and they exactly. have not been exactly. saved. They're, they're, they're continue to be abusive. <laughs> I don't want to expose my children to that. However, that being said, I don't have to hope that they'll go to hell. I don't have to wish hell on them. I can just pray God to forgive them and, and uh, do a work in their life and change them. So forgiveness really is a, a spirit that we extend. God extended his forgiveness before I ever asked, and I can extend forgiveness by the grace of God to others. Yeah, so we've talked about having genuine relationships and prioritizing relationships. The yeah. third one in developing others is to discover and develop their strengths. I talked about last week uh, discovering and exercising your strength. Uh, as I move into leadership, then I have to discover and develop the strengths of others. We often or we easily recognize people's weaknesses, but we may have to dig to discover their strengths. Uh, somebody perhaps rolls up in a wheelchair. Uh, you can immediately recognize they have some weakness, uh, some some handicap, some difficulty in their life. That's easy to see. But what you may not see is a person in that wheelchair may be a rocket scientist. They, they, they may be uh, intellectually elite. They have other talents or gifts that uh, you won't know until you've spent time with them, until you've invested relational time into their lives. And so sometimes discovering, developing a person's strength is a much longer process than figuring out their weaknesses. Yeah. When I help others to discover and develop their strengths, then uh, we can help them. The, the fourth point is to give them opportunities. To start just, I'm not going to give you the whole, the whole basket of eggs, so to speak. We're, <laughs> we're not going to give you the whole ministry right now. But here's, a, here's an area for you to, to, to discover. Uh, are your gifts and talents really in this area? Do you have some strengths in this? And it is show. You'll find it out pretty quickly if you have if that person has strengths and gifts. Uh, it'll begin to manifest itself and move itself. Um, you and I had an opportunity, uh, and I continue to have an opportunity with someone here in our congregation. Where I remember you and I called them into my office 
Uh, they came in nervous, worried that maybe we were going to, I don't know, they thought we were going to scold or whatever. And we we didn't even have an agenda other than to say to that person, we just see some some skills, some we see some something in you, that potential in you that God could use for his glory and honor. And began through that to where now they're helping to lead a ministry here at the church. And um, isn't that cool when we can help people just start to discover and find their strength and be able to move in that strength? Uh, so, but when we do, then we've got to give them opportunities to use it. Uh, the fifth thing is we've got to learn how to lift people up, um, to genuinely lift people, elevate them where they are. And a lot of times, here we are back to it again, we have to learn how to forgive. We have to learn how to forgive. Um, isn't it incredible that when we fail, we know that God forgives? But sometimes we keep living with the memory of that. In John, the 20th chapter, verse 23, you remember where Jesus said to his disciples, uh, anyone who sins you forgive, they're forgiven. And we, yeah. we, we try to work through that with all the you know the theological understanding. And it's, it, it can be fairly intense. But isn't it incredible? You've seen it, I've seen it with my kids. We see it with other people who worked in our ministry in our lives. Just extend forgiveness, the forgiveness of Christ to them. Help them to see they're forgiven. They're, they're not a horrible person. They're not a, we're gonna raise them up. We're gonna elevate them. And so we extend forgiveness to them in the name of Jesus. And there's something so marvelously freeing about that when we just help people to be able to see they're forgiven, that we forgive them, that Christ forgives them. They don't have to carry that load of guilt around all the time. Uh, extend forgiveness to people. Number two, um, this has been one that's a little tougher for me, but God's taught me over the years to give people an opportunity to fail. And I've said, you've heard me say it, that when we give people an opportunity to fail, it is also giving them the opportunity to, to su succeed. I listened to one of the early Somebody gave me a cassette, one of those old cassette tapes. They gave me a cassette tape of one of the first messages I ever preached to a congregation. I listened to it uh, in my car alone. And when I did, listening to myself, I got nervous. Listen, it was horrible. It was absolutely <laughs> horrible. Can you imagine yeah. the poor pastor sitting on the platform, me up there trying to preach, and the guy, this the pastor, just having to think, what is this guy going to do to my congregation? I, I was, it was bad. But thank God he and others gave me opportunities and I was able to grow into it and be able to, you know, learn. So, yeah, sorry. one of the most uh, uncomfortable but rewarding things that I think well, we've done, that I've done in the time that I was uh, serving uh, serving under you, was after our, our uh, uh, after we've had opportunities to preach, coming back on a Monday during a meeting and just dissecting those things. And it's, it is uncomfortable. Um, I remember listening to my first album and just going cringing and thinking, oh, I wish I could go back and collect all the ones that I'd given out. Um, but that, that is part of the develop, development process. And something happens to you as you make yourself vulnerable and just speaking is something that you that you spoke of earlier in, in giving people the opportunity to fail it's not the same as setting people up to fail oh, no, that's there's a big difference yeah it's, that's <clears throat> not the same thing it's it's giving people the opportunity because you see that it's based on attention. their strength yes it's based on their strength setting people up to fail is, is based on their weakness I already know that you're, you're, you, you can't do it <laughs> So I want to give people opportunity to fail. The point is, I see potential in them, and if I can just give them opportunities, 
it's they're exercising they're strengthening themselves and pretty soon they're going to get strong and my delight is when i see people that i've invested time in that i've given myself i've tried to develop when they excel and go beyond me then that that's what a thrill it is to see our children excel above us excellent um and then in order to lift people up obviously this almost goes without saying but need to encourage people Everybody, including me, we all need a pat on the back once in a while. There's some people who need it more than others, but everybody needs a pat on the back. It, some for some people it may require words. Some people it may require time. We, we know there's different gifts, you know, love love languages that people speak, but we all need to be encouraged in one way or the other. And then fourthly, we need to challenge people in order to lift them up. We've got to challenge them. We've got to challenge them to greater task. I talked about taking my kids on, on hikes. Uh, I didn't take them up that muddy slope the first time I ever took them on a hike. When they were, the first time was just a walk, you know, in, in the front yard. That was a hike for them, uh, trying to learn how to walk and then slowly, step by step, take them a little bit farther until uh, they grow and excel beyond our ability. And so we've got to challenge them with tasks that we see the potential and sometimes they don't even see their own potential. Um, the, the fifth important thing is, and this is really vitally important though it sounds so, quote, spiritual, we have to help people see Jesus. While I hope to be a spiritual father, a mentor, a coach to people, I hope ultimately I'm pointing people to Christ. Because number one, as much as I don't want to and as much as I pray and ask God's grace not to, I may fail. Whether it's a great moral failure or simply I've let you down. Maybe I've forgotten you. There have been instances, as you know, my forgetter sometimes is better than bigger than my, my memory. Um, there have been a couple times where I've just forgotten to recognize people or forgotten to do something that hurt them. Um, if I can help people to see Jesus, he never fails. The old song, Jesus never fails. Um, the truth is I fail once in a while. Um, if I can help people see Christ, the reality is people whom I'm mentoring, people whom I'm coaching, uh, people whom I'm helping to develop, they're not really serving. They're not serving me at all. They're serving Christ. If I have right motives, if I have the right desire, it's not to serve me. It's to serve the kingdom of God. It's to serve Christ. And so I've got to point them to Jesus. I got to encourage them and challenge them in their relationship with Jesus Christ. Yeah, and this is really a strong point um, and, uh, for current leaders uh, in the church, um, Christian leaders in particular that are kind of rising up through the, uh, that are kind of rising up around us because we see so many influential names right now. Uh, everybody has a podcast, everybody has a streaming this and streaming that, and it's so easy to get caught up in the, the, the big names right now. And so it's so important that we recognize that anyone that aspires to be an influencer and, and this is this is what separates uh, the Christian current is influencers in general want that want to be known um, Christian influencers have to strive to make Christ known even if that means yeah. we're not known yeah so very important that we just that we lift up Jesus he said if, if you'll lift me up I'll draw all men unto myself uh, as a as a follower of Christ as a disciple of Jesus Christ my my priority is not to develop David Stewart followers, but my priority has to be to develop Jesus. 
Christ followers, disciples of Jesus yeah, Christ. Amen. Amen. The last thing here in, 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 in this context for developing others is to release people. Um, you know um, that I, I've told you, and I hope that I've practiced it, that I want to live with an open hand. Um, when God brings people into my life, into my spirit, sphere of influence, I want to do the best, be the best that I can for God and for them. But understand that when God leads them on, if I keep them clenched, if I keep a clenched hand, hold them tight in my hand, uh, when it's God's time for them to go, they need to go. And if they don't go, it's going to hurt them and me and hurt the kingdom of God. And if in the process of going, if my hand's uh, clenched, they're going to have to squeeze through my squeezed fingers, and it's going to hurt them and hurt me. Instead, live with an open hand, a faith enough to say, God put you into my life for a season, and I'm so glad that I've been able to speak into your life and be a part of what you're doing. I'm so proud to see you. Uh, this has happened with you and me. Uh, you are a great, faithful uh, part of our ministry here at New Life in Leominster, and God's led you on now. He, uh, I, I couldn't, if I'd have held my hand squeezed, it, you and I would have been miserable, but because I was able, by God's grace, to have an open hand, you and I doing this podcast now. We're still close and have a loving relationship. Our relationship has changed. You're now a senior pastor. I'm a senior pastor. We're, we're peers in, uh, in this ministry. But uh, our relationship uh, is healthy because, uh, by God's grace, I was able to release you when God was leading and directing us to do that. Uh, this isn't easy. It's, it is not easy. And sometimes... As a spiritual father, there are moments where I have a responsibility to say, this isn't the time. Let's, let's just be patient. Hold on for just a little bit longer. Or else you need to go through this process before I'll give you my blessing and my approval. It's not because I have a, a closed hand, but it's because I'm spiritually mature enough to see they need some help. They need some direction in their life. Um, there, there may be those times where I say, this isn't the time. There are other times where I may even sense this isn't the time. But in faith, I have to trust God. That if God, it may be God's lady, and maybe I just don't recognize it. And if I can just let it go and trust God and keep praying, God will keep them. I've invested seed, but the Father in heaven loves them a lot more than I do. It's His business. They're His people. So bless them and send them. It's a lot easier to send people with a blessing than it is to hold tight to them and squeeze the life out of them and out of myself. Yeah, wow, wow, that's incredible. Uh, 30 seconds, um, as we get ready to wrap this up, this is this has been so insightful, uh, helpful for me, you're just speaking to me, and I'm, I trust you're speaking to a lot of people right now. How do you measure success? Um, <laughs> not to throw a curveball at you, but... Um, you know, I could get really philosophical a day at a time. Um, Ultimately, and you've heard, I think you've heard me say this, uh, something I've said many times in my life. Um, ultimately, there will be a day when I stand before God. Hmm. And if I can hear him say, well done, my good and faithful servant, enter thou into the joy of my kingdom. I've been successful. Whether, it's, whether other people judge me as successful or not, those three servants... Uh, the first was given five talents. He multiplied it to ten. He had a huge ministry. The other guy had two talents, multiplied it to four. His ministry wasn't all that big. But to both of them, the master said, Well done, my good and faithful servant. 
It was just the last guy that was lazy, that didn't do anything with the gifts and the talents that God gave him. So success wasn't having 10. Success wasn't having four. Success was just using what God had given you for his glory and for his honor. Wow. And so at the end of my life, I just hope to hear him say, I think a second one, and this is just, you know, I'm a sentimental old fool, but the second is, I really do hope that whenever my day comes and I'm laying in that cold box and people walk by, I hope that they will say that David Stewart loved God and that David Stewart loved people. And if I can die with that legacy, my life has been successful. Wow. Yeah, uh, you know, at the end of the day, um, you have to, as you're going to sleep, you it's just you and your ceiling, uh, and you have to ask, Lord, does this please you? After uh, the sun's gone down and all the voices that have spoken to you and encouraged you or tried to give you direction, um, you have to filter through that and you have to you have to take that to the Lord at the end of the day. And, and that's really the question you have to present. If you're going to measure success, success is pleasing the Lord. This has been an incredible series. Um, I encourage you go back and listen to our first episode and listen to this one. Share it with your friends. Uh, it's been a privilege and an honor to have our guests. Uh, pastor David E. Stewart Jr. He is pastor of New Life Church in Lemonster, Massachusetts. He's been a missionary. He's been an incredible evangelist. He serves um, uh, in, with the Presbytery in the New England, uh, Southern New England Ministry Network. He is an author. Go find his book, Hungry for His Presence. It'll transform your life. Uh, pastor David Stewart, thank you so much for taking time to, to share and enrich me and enrich our listeners. I love you. Amen. Love you too. Hey, thanks for tuning in to today's podcast. I pray you were encouraged, enriched, and inspired to chase after God. If you enjoyed today's podcast, why don't you take a minute and share it? Let's encourage each other with God's word. And remember, if you do not have a church to attend, we invite you to visit us at Garden City Church. We're located at 140 Bridge Street in Beverly, Massachusetts, and we meet in the Emmanuel Congregational Church building. If you need prayer or an encouragement, I invite you to email me at pastor at Garden City Church church.net or you can visit me online at aaronrios.com or any social media outlet hey till next time keep pressing on towards christ god bless you